just a fair warning this episode is going to make you hungry and i really hope you have a pizza with you or anything that has to do with dough sauce and cheese um hi i'm your host siddharth and for those who know me uh, they've known that i've been making pizza for quite a while now um and uh, it's been an interesting journey i think just a few months back i crossed my 100th pizza mark that was me making my 100th pizza which by no way signifies that i'm a professional or anything i'm still a noob um i uh, i've realized a lot uh, when it comes to this kind of a bread making thing and uh, you know the the importance of all the ingredients that goes in it like water and yeast and uh, the importance of using a good cheese for example most of us just uh, end up using amul cheese at home but if you're just able to probably get a blend of cheddar and something called as a scarmosa cheese which gives a very unique smoky taste to our pizzas i think we can easily elevate our pizza game by just like you know some level 3000 i guess anyway i uh, when i was in hyderabad i met this uh, person online uh, i think through someone's um, instagram story he was making this really interesting pizzas from home uh, during the during the lockdown and it, it caught up very well because it was like this uh, naples style pizza that he was trying to do and he was doing good at it and uh, eventually he started working at the tiger lily bistro in hyderabad which has a wood fired oven and his pizza game just get uh, kept getting better uh, i'm really happy that uh, he's on my show today so hi ratish and uh, thank you so much for coming to this episode on pizzas hi thank yeah. you so much um so uh like people of hyderabad most of us know about you because you you've been making pizzas for a while and they are they're immensely popular and tasty uh, thank just, you so much yeah just tell You're us a little about um just tell us a little about yourself like uh, how did you get into cooking what compelled you to aspire to become a chef and what sparked your interest in pizzas uh so i guess nothing as such compelled me uh, per se but i remember i was always as a kid as more of an eater rather than being drawn to the cooking side of it i i was pretty chubby kid i guess somewhere around 8th or 9th grade i got a lot drawn by the show uh, the foodie which used to be run by kunal vijaykar a great uh, yeah. foodie critic enthusiast and uh, i mean even then i was still very uh drawn to just the eating and traveling part of it, it was very the uh, very much on the glamorous side of the industry but i think what changed was when i uh finally got hooked on to masterchef australia uh i think that's one show pretty much every aspiring chef, chef of our show. generation has uh, got that's some true. sort of kick out of it and that's when the gears started moving as to uh, even thinking as to why people or adults uh, you know above 30 40 50 who have achieved whatever they have in their career they have families but they're willing to put it on pause to probably give their food dreams a chance so what is it what is that about and that was one big question that used to hover around my mind and i thought could this also be a profession where you could just you know get into like you would want to anything else and i that's when i started to explore that avenue and i remember after my 10th board i just uh, stepped into this restaurant in hyderabad it's called fusion 9 and mm-hmm. chef shankar he took me under his wing for 20 days and he said you know just go and do whatever you want and do whatever you're told <laughs> so that's when i my, my mind actually blew up with what the industry is and uh, yeah i got my hands dirty uh, after that there was no going back uh, i fell in love with the vibe of everything and i i felt that i could 
be a part of something much bigger than just eating create the same experience for people but pizzas were quite uh, recent ish discovery for me uh, in its very 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 raw sense because uh, i think the first time i ever made a pizza from scratch was when uh, i was in manipal university uh, in my dorm when we were just rolling out a bunch of uh, randomly made pizza dough it was nothing fancy just random measurements and we just wanted to make a sauce put the pizza on in the oven and just eat but uh, in the lockdown of 2020 that's when i i had got hooked on to trying what sourdough was and sourdough just was beyond me back then and even though now i'm just starting to get somewhere familiar back then it just wouldn't work so i thought what's the next best alternative and then suddenly i came across a couple of uh, articles on what neapolitan pizza is and i couldn't believe i didn't know of something so intense i mean i did know naples was popular for pizzas but i i just dove into this entire art and what what actually happens and as i read and heard more about it i realized that there is a very big gap uh, that is created when you want to make neapolitan style pizza uh, at home as against a wood fired oven full scale and uh, even even now that's the pursuit for many people trying to get that experience in your home uh given the uh, equipment based you know sh- shortfalls but uh, yeah that was my obsession during the lockdown and i i remember i spent months just trying to get the process right and i used to run a cloud kitchen based from my house and uh, it yeah. picked up quite nicely that's when i just went with it and yeah it was just an addiction <laughs> wow there are a lot of like relatable words there because i think uh, firstly master of australia i think was a key moment in my life as well i think watching these guys uh, you know get so cooked up about uh, food well, i think made me feel that okay there must be something about it that's so luring in you know there's something about this industry that's so uh, you know addictive um and uh, Yeah I mean I think even when I was trying to make my first pizza I had no idea what I'm doing I think it was just basically a non kind of a dough without any yeast as well I probably put baking powder or soda inside it thinking that it was going to proof I I have literally no idea what I was doing at that time and I think I just used the Dr Oetker or whatever it's called but Fun Foods companies uh, pizza pasta and pizza sauce sorry pasta and pizza sauce that has become so immensely popular for all the wrong reasons and um, i mean it's it's accessible yeah that's true and amul cheese just like i think as a kid i think me and most of my friends just thought that amul cheese is the standard cheese without even knowing that it's actually not even cheese it's just something that's there in the market and has a hype for whatever reason <laughs> advertising um but yeah it it took a while to uh, figure out what um, an actual pizza is supposed to be because growing up dominos was the standard and no one ever thought that a naples style pizza is you know is is the is what a pizza is supposed to be like and it's always made in a wood fire oven and like nobody had a clue uh, you you also mentioned that you worked at uh, tiger bistro tiger bistro tiger lily bistro yes how was that like that was actually the first time i ever worked with a brick oven powered by wood uh, from scratch all the way from the beginning 
so uh, right from curing the oven uh, to you know getting dehydration right trying to understand the thermodynamics of how the oven is and it was all very very new and uh, not really much to uh, pull back from previous experience because uh, it was just so new so all i had was uh, a lot of uh, youtube to be very honest a lot of uh, a lot of chefs from across popular restaurants who i happened to be in good touch with to just guide me and tell me at least something to think about uh, while i was going through this process uh, and yeah it was quite an exciting run for the first 30 days when we were trying to set it up uh, yeah uh, even now i remember i would not let many of the other cooks finish the pizza service i, I would be very adamant on being in front of the oven uh, oven entrance and just like turning the pizzas getting things ready finish it quality check everything like it was yeah I, it was just very addictive let's talk a little about the history of pizza in an indian context because i think india as a nation has always perceived pizza a little differently compared to other nations i think uh, it was always supposed to be a poor man's food in other countries especially in, in italy but uh, for us it was always um, a luxury and yeah i remember as a child uh, you know like i'm pretty sure everyone can relate to this that pizza was that one thing you would get as a treat if you did, if you were a good child uh, you could ask your parents for a pizza and you would get one probably if you were lucky um and pizza in india has a interesting story i think the first italian restaurant like the proper uh, pizzeria came around in 1998 to uh chennai and that place was called bella ciao i, I hope i said it correctly and it was probably the first place uh, that was using a proper wood fire oven and using the right choice of wood chips like like mango wood to impart a smoky flavor to the pizzas and it it kind of educated the people of india of what a pizza should be and um, you know uh, of how amazing this this dish is so uh, can you just like uh, you know tell us a little more about the evolution of pizza in india right i guess i mean uh, everyone knows pizzas probably were i mean you can't pinpoint and say it's from italy but something as simple as uh, naturally leavened bread because i'm sure back then commercial yeast was in there around so sourdough was the way to go brick ovens uh, powered by you know natural wood with the weight was the way to go and uh, in token uh, of appreciation you know all the respect and love for their queen uh, the the pizza margarita was invented and i think something as simple as three ingredients every, everyone knows the story there was tomato sauce there's mozzarella and uh, some fresh basil and that's pretty much topping up the most classic and most iconic and uh, most loved pizza by people around the world but on the other side if you look at how it was received at india was uh, it, it it was probably uh, an exquisite indulgent dish uh, which you know you could only have if you had enough to get yourself into five star hotels i guess what what eventually happened was the fact that something like cheese which is uh, not a very domestic uh, domestic I, i would say yeah not something which we keep in indian pantries so much you know and uh, even paneer is basically cheese but it's not been in indian uh, traditions for very long time it's only probably 100 150 years old 
something i guess the british taught us uh, because you know splitting milk and making something out of it would have been the last thing indian would have done because you know we we worship cows and whatever the cows give us is sacred and with that philosophy splitting milk is never the way i think indians would have gone about it probably there was like this one rebellious engineering kid who wanted to say fuck it to engineering and you know maybe he decided to split milk <laughs> and i think from there the idea that cheese could be something delicious much later came into india and that's why pizza was considered so so i mean like okay, it was probably put on a pedestal at some point i think what eventually turned out was the you know onset of dominos and pizza mainly dominos because they sort of even the playground and they made it far more accessible to a middle class indian a lot of people would simplify it and say it's uh a piece of dough with topped up with sauce cheese and a couple <laughs> yeah, of toppings thrown in sauce ke sath i mean it is a sort of reverse engineered type tandoor you can say yeah. in a weird format but yeah uh, i i guess that's how when a food travels from one place to another it just changes its form and shape to how it suits best people right yeah that's true now that you mentioned uh, dominoes do you think that has at all changed the way indians have perceived pizza yeah yeah because uh, like uh, the the good old char on a pizza is is something that is not um, liked anymore i think by mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. so like what is the what is the actual pizza supposed to be like like the the good pizza what's it supposed to be like i mean i guess i see i i, I never thought of myself or i don't think of myself as a expert on pizza but i guess that's how i, I think food changes as it moves around from a population to population and uh, like even the italians when they move to the states uh, you know to the west and obviously other countries even like australia there's so many styles of pizza that eventually got changed uh, if you see the chicago style which is basically like big fat pie and uh, you know then there's the detroit style and then there's the roman style which is like super thin but when dominos came in i guess uh, they they understood very well some things that would work and would not work uh, because i think they wanted to make it far more accessible and i think somewhere when when you think of tandoori chicken or chicken or paneer tikka you have the char on that but when you see that on pizza or bread the indian mindset is just like that can't be right so <laughs> i mean uh, it, it does make you think right because we have been cooking in the tandoor for a long time now and it's something that is i mean i wouldn't say it originated in india but it's been a cooking technique for our country for so long now so when you think of bread like even naan you see those blisters and you see how it's charred and you, you like that but somehow on pizza you can say it probably didn't fit well because it was not introduced to us like that yeah so like yeah like, like you were asking i think a good simple neapolitan style pizza is nicely hand stretched and it's leavened over uh, at least a day 
uh, of course there's a lot of advancement in how you can play around with leveling now but it's it's leveled at least for a day and by leveling i mean proofing uh, you know re- the rise of the dough yeah it's hand stretch it's not run over by a rolling pin definitely not because what happens is you have the air distributed around the perimeter and that gives that fluff right and that's what you want uh and since it was intended to be cooked in a wood fired oven which is around usually 400 to 450 degrees celsius if it was rolled over by a rolling pin it would become super thin and crispy so i guess again different styles but that temperature paired with the actual he- blaring heat in the oven would assist you know just cooking it in a couple of uh, in a minute or minute and a half and yeah it's cooked through it's the cheese is melted you have a little bit of char on the edges you have the cheese just bubbly Uh, this whole topic about the char thing just reminded me of this uh, episode from worth it uh, this this youtube channel called busfeed and they have this thing called worth it uh, for different kinds of foods and this worth it pizza i think there are two worth it pizzas and in one of the worth it pizzas they uh, go to uh, uh, a restaurant of mario batali and he is just talking about the pizza and how it's important to get that char he's like um, the bitterness of the char uh, is measured out against the song of the tomatoes and it was like Yeah I mean he has a way of saying things that makes me feel like wow this guy has a way with words maybe more than food but uh he he definitely made a point there where you need that char to go against that sweetness and make it a complete dish also now that we've talked about char and wood fire ovens i mean could you just give um as a little more knowledge about wood fire ovens because i have like no idea about it and uh, i'm pretty sure that a lot of people listening to this would want to know more about wood fire ovens and are fascinated by them yeah. i mean yeah so a wood fired oven uh, i mean it's a whole different science in itself and i don't want to make it sound geeky but there is so much that goes into even a domestic oven to make it what it is mm-hmm. but uh, i think what's great about the wood fired ovens is it works to inculcate all three forms of heat like you know even we were taught in school this conduction this convection and radiation yeah. so the the beauty of it is the pizza or whatever cooks in that whether it's a pita bread or flat bread or a ciabatta however it is it benefits from all these forms of heat so the the surface which is the platform where the pizza or whatever bread is cooked that is ripping hot mm-hmm. that's usually about 420 to 450 sometimes even higher sometimes even lower mm-hmm. but it's ripping hot so as soon as whatever is placed on it all that heat is sucked into that food and it's 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 cooking really fast yeah. so that's conduct conduction uh, the the heat on the side from the burning wood or nowadays it's even gas fired so that uh, blaring heat that flame is radiation so just like the tandoor's coal burning gives that immediate char the flame also does that work so while the pizza is fa- facing only like a, a certain portion of the pizza is facing the flame it's important to be turned around and that's how the radiation plays a big role in getting an even sort of char around the perimeter then of course you have the chimney on top and the actual window where you you know put your pizzas and take it out uh, 
so that's that's allowing for convection also to happen like air flow is obviously going to cook uh the food inside because that air is going to get hot and it's going to transfer itself onto whatever is cold and in this case the food so all three forms of heat are in play and uh, again it's a completely different ball game trying to pair wood chips and stuff like that even you know chefs when they pair certain meats with certain sorts of uh wood chips it's pretty much like wine pairings for food so mm. i think that's completely out of my depth but i think it's fair to say that it's a study in itself and for someone to really uh commit to it it's like a complete new world it's a totally study in itself i would say let's get a little more technical about the pie itself so one of the main ingredients is yeast and uh, there's a lot of mystery around this uh ingredient because we don't really know much about it like all we know is that yeah it's it's some kind of naturally occurring thing and it's chomping down sugars to form alcohol and carbon dioxide and the carbon dioxide is giving you the uh, you know the the proofing thing and uh, the alcohol is and the enzymes are just giving the dough taste um and uh, there's a lot of mystery as to commercially available yeast uh, of course before it was all sardo and once it was commercialized this a lot of companies that are making yeast now there's a lot of varieties and there's confusion um just fyi by the way i think a lot of people are wasting money on buying active dry yeast uh, especially you know like like companies like um i i won't name any company but you get like 20 grams or 30 grams of yeast for like 40 rupees uh you know for active dry yeast and instead you can instead you can just buy a packet of angels uh, instant dry yeast which you know, for 500 grams of yeast it comes for like 150 rupees it's much more cost efficient so um, ratish if possible could you just tell us a little more about yeast and the types of yeast that's there out there mm, i guess so yeast in this case for any sort of uh leaven bread leaven in the sense is uh aerated bread uh is what gives that uh that flavor it's it's responsible for that rise and uh, yeah it it's basically whatever sort of fermentation is going to happen with the bread the pizza dough uh, is going to come from yeast uh but you know most people don't understand how yeast works uh when when you making bread even a simple uh, white bread you know people don't really understand how much yeast should go in or what yeast does or what kind of yeast does what so very broadly there are just three kinds of yeast there obviously i'm talking about the commercial ones there's the active dry yeast which usually requires you to activate it with uh water and a little bit of sugar some people also would recommend you do it with milk or flour you know basically you want the yeast to consume some sort of sugar to just get back to life and yeah in a couple of minutes it'll be good to use um, the instant yeast however is just a simple add on like you'll add it how you how you're adding salt or you're adding butter in your dough and it's just straight up into the mix uh, then of course there's the fresh yeast which is sort of like uh, a cube of butter it comes in a uh, cubical form and Uh, what it is is essentially activated dry yeast but then compressed and like mo- molded up you know in a way that you can directly add it just like instant yeast but 
the flavor profile of fresh yeast compared to these two other yeasts is different and its shelf life is also shorter. You can't really keep it at room temperature, especially medium climate. It'll go bad. Uh, but one other form of yeast, which is the sourdough starter, I think everybody has heard this probably one too many times now yeah. after the lockdown. But yeah, sourdough was the only way uh, bakers used to make breads before because there was no commercial yeast available. And sourdough starters are just a colony of bacteria and yeast made by you know feeding flour and water to the same flour and water every day, probably even twice, thrice every day, depending on how often you bake. So what happens is that the microbes in the flour and the microbes in the air, water, of course, all of these things play a, a big role in starting the fermentation process. They break down the starch and, you know, alcohol is released, the whole shebang. And eventually what you're getting is a very slow fermented uh, long process uh, based bread which uh, in today's common terms is what artisanal bread is and so I guess different pizza makers like to use different styles of yeast uh, and different uh, I think it's also down to convenience you know some people don't have the time to make a sourdough starter and some people I guess want more flavor so it depends on what sort of yeast you want to use but a very essential thumb rule everybody should know is that when you set out to make pizza you don't dump a tablespoon of yeast or you don't dump you know a package of yeast usually you get a package in many countries you just get buy the packet of nine grams or something else. that's roughly yeah. one and a half to two tablespoons so yeah, I mean, you, you just Google a pizza dough recipe and it'll tell you to dump a lot of yeast into the flour. But what in turn happens is that fermentation process is very fast. Probably in an hour, your your dough will be proofed, which is great. I mean, it's fine. You'll have your dough doubled up in size, which is like, I'm trying to do those quotation marks with my fingers. But yeah. you'll have that rise. But what you lose, sadly, is all that flavor. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I think um, yeast, uh, you know, over time gives a very mature flavor and it, it really like um, like gives an aroma to the whole dough, which people are not really used to. Uh, and uh, they probably, uh, you know, because they're so used to the plain white bread and the plain brown bread that you get from the local store, they believe that this is what bread is supposed to taste like. And what essentially that is, it's just, it's just tasting like plain flour and they're, they have no idea that there exists an entirely different taste and yes it is a bit more matured and it may smell a little funky but that is good stuff and i think our taste palettes have not uh you know been accustomed to that yet but it's really good for the gut as well i think like uh, i mean it is proved that sourdough bread itself is uh really easy to digest and it's it's filled with uh you know probiotics and enzymes that are good for your gut and uh, I think I think it's going to take some time for people to get used to these kinds of uh, flavors and tastes. Let's let's uh, now that we have, we've come to that, let's talk about how, uh, making a pizza at home. So there's like a big mystery. There's uh, infinite YouTube videos, and um, there's a lot of uh, confused minds because I think a lot of people have asked you. Well, I know a lot of people have asked me that uh, how do I make a good pizza at home? It's just not coming out well. Um, could you just like uh, give 
like just help us with whatever you could <laughs> about how to get a decent pizza at home. Mm, I mean, yeah, like I was just saying uh, previously. I think the key to build a great pizza to starts from uh, a very slow fermentation process. Something as lesser as even three grams for five hundred grams of flour is enough. Like I know that probably doesn't sound right to many people, but it's enough. You, uh, you you can watch that fermentation happen before you. Uh, yeah, it will happen so slowly, and it'll it'll taste great, it'll smell great, and more than anything, uh, if you can make bread work around your time schedule, I think that's something most people have issues when they try to make anything related to bread. Uh, alternatively, you know, there's something I used to do, which was, you know, making my dough and put it in the fridge for probably two days, three days, even. You know, uh, uh, that's something. i would say is a much much better technique because as the temperature is so low it's as low as like 3 to 4 degrees celsius in the fridge right probably even lower so what happens is the yeast is at it's metabolizing at such a slow rate that all of those beautiful fermentation uh, that that magic of fermentation is just so slow that the different acids that are released uh create so many different kinds of textures and flavors in the end i mean it's fairly indistinguishable for a common uh, pizza lover but the acids released at room temperature uh at cold retard and you know at a very humid hot area obviously a difference of 10 degrees 5 degrees makes a lot of difference when it comes to bread humidity makes uh, so many things matter but uh, i guess that's one way to start slow down the fermentation process start with super cold ice water and you know uh and let the dough do its thing and i guess the second thing most people leave out is uh try to focus too much on the stretching out process using a rolling pin but i think why that has become a norm is because since the dough is not proofed for so long it's probably only ra- rising for one or two hours the dough is still quite stiff and uh, it's not had that time to really ex- build some extension you know pizza dough should be able to stretch for so so long and yeah that's how you get that really nice smooth velvety feel across your hands when you do the hand stretch routine so uh, i guess you sh- you should let the dough do its thing over a period of time and when you decide to make your pizza give it some more time by shaping it and letting it be and try to have fun by shaping it with your own hands you know like just start from the center push the air out towards the edges have some fun i mean it takes a couple of uh, attempts to get anything decent but there's always a start so um and i guess uh, the third thing is to know that more is less sorry less is more no messing less is more because uh, a pizza when you're making of this style when you're extending the fermentation process cannot take too much on itself uh, most commercial pizzas we get are usually pre-baked bottoms right like yeah. the pies are probably half baked and that's what you see in the supermarket as well and i know that's done to make things easy for people at home but if you really want to get serious about it make the dough from scratch 
and reduce your toppings. You, like you only need about a ladle or two of sauce and it's got to be a very thin layer. Um, and contrary to popular belief, a good pizza doesn't need to be loaded with all these veggies and stuff like that. Okay, great, but if, definitely less is more. Focus on making a great sauce. Uh, like your sauce should be clean, well seasoned. It's got to be aromatic. Uh, I mean, you can use whatever herbs you have at your disposal, but basil will make it really nice and flavorful. Season it very, very nicely because most people tend to under season food in general when they cook at home. But because the pizza dough is quite bland in itself and it'll, it, it might have a slightly sour-ish side to it, but seasoning the tomato sauce will elevate it and balance it in a very natural way. Like it, It's just how it's work, gonna work. Um, and I think the last one is heat. Like you really need to try to get the oven as hot as possible to get whatever sort of char marks or even the slightly golden brownish perimeter. So what happens uh, at home ovens, I think uh, even a couple of years ago, you used to be able to get an oven and I'm talking convection ovens. I, I think it would benefit even to talk about what those styles of oven at a home setting do but a convection oven what it does is uh, it it's different from a very regular oven because the air inside the oven is circulating so there's a fan above and there's a fan at the back most of the times and that air is circulating continuously and so that rate that that hot air is adding to the temperature in the oven so even though your uh, oven reading says 180, the temperature inside is probably 190, 200. That's what convection does. And uh, most people tend to struggle when they bake with a convection oven. But a regular OTG or a simple deck oven is very straightforward. It's just heat coming from the back. Sometimes you can control it from the top or the bottom, something like that, and get things done. Convections are probably a great option for home baking because that's something even I used to do. Uh, even though the oven temperature is usually stuck at uh, 250, uh, I was lucky to have an oven that still has the option of going up to 250. These days, most ovens don't go beyond 200. That is a convection oven. Um, and from then on, it's all about trying to mimic those three forms of heat. So uh, you, have, you have conduction happening. Oh yeah, I, I forgot to mention a pizza stone. Uh, I think that's one of the most important things a home cook can use yeah. to try to mimic uh, conduction. So conduction will happen when you have a pizza stone. Uh, a pizza stone is just a flat, very thick piece of, uh, you know, uh, a steel also you call it. Yeah, you can just get it online on Amazon or uh, probably uh, IKEA around you. I guess in Hyderabad you have the IKEA, so it's available there but the the steel will transfer the heat to the pizza and the convection setting in the oven will add on to that heat you're anyway missing the radiation you can't do much about it but you'll have all of those factors in play to get you somewhere close yeah it's uh, it's definitely tough to get a, a decent pizza with this with these kind of uh, temperature settings at home our ovens obviously don't let us do a lot um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I recently started to just use a small tawa, which my mom uses to make 
roti in and i took off the handle so that the entire uh, tawa can just fit inside the you know the oven that i have and i would put it over the normal gas flame and let it smoke let it get smoked you know like extremely hot and only then i would put my raw pizza dough uh, that has been shaped into a you know a pizza shape on that tawa that's already hot because of the gas flame and mind you gas flame really gets it very hot and it gets the tawa hotter faster than an oven does because our home ovens like rati said just goes up to 230 250 degrees celsius this easily because it's fire in a way it it really like amps up the temperature and then you put that base on that uh, hot tawa quickly put your sauce and your cheese and your vegetables you already should have your oven really really hot um and keep it in side that oven probably in the middle rack and as the cheese slowly starts to melt you can probably put it on the top rack uh and like i said before uh, in the intro like um you can use different kinds of cheese to really up that pizza game like um okay for people in hyderabad right i think the best cheese that you can get commercially is this uh, milky mist uh, blend of uh, cheddar cheese they they sell they sell like a half a kg packet or a 1 kg packet of diced cheddar cheese that's that's meant to be for pizza and if you mix that with some scarmosa cheese brilliant melt brilliant taste and uh, recently in bombay i i mean i realized that bombay does not have milky mist and it's got uh, you know it's got goat cheese and mother dairy mozzarella which is also good uh, but there's this recent cheese i came across uh, commercially it's called dairy craft dairy craft mozzarella and uh, I, that gave a really beautiful melt and uh, char on top and also if you're lucky enough to uh, have access to one of the big supermarket shops like you know like nature's basket they they always have like a, a glass a showcase of different kinds of cheese uh, yes they are a bit expensive but uh, they definitely have like different varieties some are smoky some are salty so you can try out these different kinds of cheeses and see and see just see what suits your palate the most but i kind of hate to break it to you that it is a bit tough to get uh, you know a restaurant style pizza at home it really is uh, at least in my experience that's why i'm sort of working yeah. on this workshop yeah. not a workshop it's probably going to be a course online uh, on udemy a uh, couple of weeks from now and i guess i want to make it more accessible to people at home uh, I, i since even the lockdowns are back up and about so i guess it's the perfect time for people to at least on a weekend try out something like this uh, and you know and i want to make i want to just i want people to try to sort of see that you know bread doesn't have to be too complicated you can work make it work around your schedule yeah and it can be something that the entire family can get involved in and yeah instead of putting it on a pedestal just like take a chill yeah i mean maybe one weekend just don't order that dominos pizza just yeah just just do it at home you know <laughs> don't be so lazy guys you know now that we've spoken so much uh, i definitely uh, cannot have dal chawal at night Want to change my plans and make pizza? Just one thing before we, you know, end this episode. Um, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? Maybe if I'm down a couple of drinks, but not otherwise. <laughs> What? I'm not a fan of that. I, I, I really like it. That's why I don't like. I mean, that, I, I don't hate you for liking pizza. Sorry, pineapple on pizza, but I, I don't. I can't yeah, have I just it's like a person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
okay uh, this this was this was really good and um, i mean thank you so much for talking about pizza and like uh, like enlightening us with this thing that we really love and we've just taken for granted now <laughs> and not making it for ourselves <laughs> yeah, so yes. i i hope uh, yeah, the people who've heard this are i mean firstly i hope that they have a pizza while hearing this episode i don't know how will you go through this episode else <laughs> <laughs> you know but yeah it's yeah. been very fascinating for me and uh, I'm really ha- happy well, that we could have a meeting yeah thank you so much atish yeah